1: Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST.
2: Thanks to the invention of social media on the World Wide Web, we've got more access to content than ever before in human history. And thousands of pieces of new content are being uploaded every minute of every day. This is great for consumers because it means there's always something to keep us entertained. YouTube videos, podcasts, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, Medium, Facebook, the list goes on and on. No matter what type of content you like to consume, you can find it somewhere on the internet and it's almost always free. There are even sites made specifically for giving you free access to content you're supposed to pay for, like movies and anime. But the questions which very few people stop to ask themselves are, what does it cost for me to have access to all of this free entertainment? And if I'm not paying for it, then who is? These seemingly simple questions can spark some very interesting debates about the differences between cost, price and value. Now, allow me to break these terms down before we continue. Cost refers to the money Time, resources, materials, and effort needed to produce something. Price refers to the money, time, or effort needed to purchase that thing. And value is the benefit or transformation that one experiences after having purchased that thing. In the context of, let's say, business and transactions, right? For example, let's imagine a company has to spend $1 to produce a tube of lipstick. So it costs $1 to produce. That's the cost to the company. That company then sells the tube of lipstick to you for $21. So the price you paid was $21. And as for the value, well, the user of the lipstick feels more attractive, extremely valuable, and the company multiplies its money 21 times. Both parties involved are gaining value from the transaction. And if one or neither of them weren't getting any value from the transaction, it simply wouldn't happen and there would be no business. So I want you to keep these terms, cost, price, and value in mind as you listen to the rest of this episode. And now we're going to listen to the author and podcaster Sam Harris talk about the consequences of producing content for free and the dilemma it creates for both media producers and media consumers. So let's check it out. You know, we were talking about earlier with your
3: with the way you do yours. You used to use Patreon, and now you use your own website. Um, after the Sargon of Akkad incident, which yeah. you nobly stepped back away from Patreon, now or, or not so or, nobly, depending on, on what you think of Sargon of Akkad. Yeah. yeah, well, it's not even
0: that. It's uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there, there's so many misconceptions about what happened there, and I, you know, I tried to clear them up on my podcast, but. Yeah, there's an interesting implication to not taking ads. I, mean, I, I, yeah. I think what's happening, and this is much bigger than even podcasting. I think um, I'd be interested to know what you feel about this. I mean, you, you have you are the, the the quintessence of the successful ad model in in podcasting, right? It's like th- this is you, it's working fantastically well for you and. For people like Tim Ferriss and you know probably Mark Marin, I mean there's there's some there's kind of like a winner take all thing happening in the space where ads are working great, um, and I am a really also a, a, a highly successful example of the the support model. It's like the PBS model or the NPR model. And what's weird is that I can't like that we, you know, you and I are both surrounded by people who have podcasts, want to have podcasts, and are asking us for advice about how to succeed and how to monetize. And... Like I'm not even in a place where I can recommend my model to anyone else, right? Because it's it's a very uh, you know it's it's very hit or miss. I mean, I ha- just
3: happen to have developed an audience that will support my work. And you had developed that audience previously, ironically enough, on YouTube. There's a lot of YouTube. Well, yeah, just re- debates. Re- and random people yeah. putting people putting my content on their YouTube right. channels. Yeah, well, not, but, yeah, mostly debates, right?
0: Yeah, that's, that's and as a you know as an author, but it, I mean, it was just the the podcast grew and. I had this uh, sort of for, forced choice: where am I going to go the, the the ad route or or not? And I found that I mean, I have two things to uh, to say, you know, fairly strongly against ads. But w- or really, only w- one of them applies to me, and I, I don't think it applies to you or Tim or, or anyone else. Um, I just felt personally I couldn't use ads because of such as what my platform is and and the kinds of topics I'm engaging, and it just didn't work. I mean, there was nothing. Highbrow enough, where I felt like my credibility wasn't getting subtly undermined by by shilling for it. I mean, it could mm. be something that I just legit loved. I mean, it could have been the Oxford English Dictionary. You know, like right. you, you guys this is the best dictionary in the world. You guys should use it. I still couldn't do it, and I, I, mean, I tried it with the only thing I, I took on as a sponsor was Audible, and I did that for some weeks, and then I just you know I love Audible, but but it, it just felt wrong, and so I decided to just experiment with a different business model, and it's working for me but it's i don't think it can work for most people and i, th- I view that as a problem and I, and, I, and the thing that i i think is is interesting is that there's the, this is much bigger than podcasting so you have like you have facebook on the one hand which is just a a totally free platform where where the, the users don't even realize that they're not the customers they're the actual product right the users are, the users are having their Attention sold to advertisers, and it's this enormous business. And on the other end of the digital spectrum, you have Netflix, which is just a stark paywall, right? And um, there's no way in but to pay the subscription. And you know that's and you know Netflix could run ads and get more money if they wanted to, but they're you know not, they're not doing that and presumably won't do that. And I'm hoping just generally speaking, that the digital future looks much more like Netflix and much less like Facebook. and Because I see what ads has ads have done is they've anchored everyone to the illusion of free. Everyone expects their digital content for free, mm. except in places like Netflix, right? So like if, when you release a, a comedy special, when you re- release your next hour, and you sell it to ne- Netflix, I would imagine there are very few people in, in your fan base who are thinking... Well, fuck Joe Rogan. Why didn't he just put that out on YouTube, right? Why is this on Netflix? They, they sort of understand that this piece of content is belongs on that shelf, and that if they want it, they have to subscribe to Netflix. Uh, whereas, if you did something slightly different, but you know, functionally the same, if you put it on Vimeo and charge people five dollars or whatever, you know, Vimeo on demand. Um, I think you'd get a lot more pain, right? Yeah. You, you, people would say, "Well, fuck you, you greedy bastard!" Like, if you're already doing great, just release your stuff, right? Yeah. And I, I view that as a problem. It's like it's like a psychological problem. People have been anchored to the ad subsidized model more or less everywhere, and they expect everything for for free. And in my world, I'm trying to just to continually brook that expectation and push people into a different sense of you get what you pay for right. and and the, the, so that the hybrid model i've created for myself is i'm putting more stuff behind a paywall right i mean that, so that this is it's not just pure sponsorship of, of otherwise free content but I'm, I'm very personally i'm very uncomfortable with the idea that if someone actually can't afford it they can't get access to my content so i, I just tell people if you really can't afford the stuff behind my paywall or you really can't afford my meditation app just send us an email and we'll give it to you for free, right? So yeah, I've heard that. I was like, yeah. this
3: guy's crazy. I mean, it's actually
0: it's actually in the pricing <laughs> yes. in the app store for my meditation app. It's like you know, there's the pricing, and then below that, there's if you can't afford this, you know, here's the here's the email address. I think that's fantastic, and so that's, that's guilt free. Spl- yeah, I'm splitting yeah. it that way, but I'm raising prices. So it's like it's like a certain, because I, I think everything is too cheap in the in the digital space. I think I think we're anchored to. I mean, there are people who will spend. $5 a day on a cup of coffee every day for the rest of their lives and yet if you told them this podcast or this app that they that they say is incredibly valuable to them is going to cost them $5 a month they f- they feel raped right mm. you know so it's you know and, and I completely understand it because I know what it's like to hit a paywall and think I I can't get my credit card out again. I'm not going to pay for this. I'm going to find this information somewhere else. So we've all been anchored to this thing. And, you know, something is going to win in the end. I mean, you know, I think at at some point, you know, it's going to look much more like Netflix or much more like... Uh, Facebook and I'm I'm I mean you know, I'm throwing my lot in with the former, but you
3: know it's it really is the wild west. Well, the Netflix thing's different because Netflix has programs that cost a lot of money to create. This podcast is very easy. You know, my friend, I call you up, hey, you want to do a podcast? You come yeah. on over here? I mean, obviously, we had to pay for all this equipment, but other than that, it's just and bandwidth and rent and all that stuff. But other than that, it just goes up. Right. Whereas you do a comedy special, it costs hundreds of thousands of dollars. You have to secure a venue. You have to hire staff. I mean, it's a big deal. It's yeah. it's that's and that's an easy thing in terms of like bang for their buck. What what Netflix will get out of it. Um, if you do a television show, I mean, my God, you 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 need to hire hundreds of people. There's wardrobe and makeup and set, and there's writers and producers and executives, and everybody has to go over the script with a fine tooth comb. It's yeah. incredibly, incredibly strenuous. There's a lot going on when you create a television like Stranger Things or something like that. I mean, you have so much special effects, and so to ask for that for free seems be, to me seems ridiculous. It, well,
0: yeah, but but, but except the. I mean, so I'm kind of split again. I'm running on two tracks here. An app is much more like a television show, surprisingly, than a, than it is like a podcast. But yes. but even if it, if it's just a podcast, if you want to build something, if you want to build a media company, like you know, like like let's say you were let's say you were asking for support for this otherwise free po- podcast. Um, People don't know what your aspirations are. I mean, maybe you want to start a podcast network, right? Maybe you ha- you're trying to build a a business that is that maybe you have massive payroll expenses. Um, that you know, so the expectation that the product should always be free closes the door to any of those aspirations if in fact you have them. And you know, it's like, um, I mean, it's, it's very interesting psychologically because so I so I have I've created this network of support for my podcast. But I see people do calculations that they would never do in a more transactional space if they were just, let's say, buying my next book, right? So, like, um, for me, offering a free podcast and then saying, "If you find this valuable, you can support it," right? That, for, you know, from the side of being a creator of that content, it feels like the the most transparent interaction possible because. A person can listen for free for as long as they want to just discover how valuable it is, and then they can support it to the degree that it, they find it valuable. Whereas if I'm selling you a book, you can't even read the book before you before you buy it, right? You have to make the, the decision to buy it, and I'm trying to convince you to buy it because it took me all this time to write it, and and uh, you know you're you know it's 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 transactional. Um, with but with a podcast, people. Make calculations that they would never make when they're just figuring out whether they want to buy something. It's like, like I'll – and it's really along the lines of what you just described. People say, well, how much does a podcast cost to produce, right? Like, like if I knew what you were spending the money on and what it cost you to, to do this podcast, well, then I would support you, right? But they're never saying how much does it cost to write a book and if i knew what you were going to spend the money on once you once you were you know, once once i bought this book then i would know whether or not i wanted to buy it you either want the book or you don't right, right. so the problem with the support model and this is the, po- the problem with patreon and everything else is that it engages the sort of the philanthropy charity side of the brain right and people are worried about what you're going to do and how much it all costs like how much does this mic cost right you know like that that's that's a question that someone is asking when they're donating yeah, when they're donating and the problem there is they're not understanding, you know, just the opportunity cost. Like I, you know, I have to decide how to spend my time. Am I going to spend ninety percent of my time on a podcast? Well, that if so, that closes the door to to virtually everything else I can do. Right. So it's you know it's, it has to become a viable business. And so I mean I, I've recognized now that I'm. You know, to some degree, going against the grain of human psychology in asking for support. And now, I now I feel like I'm going to ask much less. I mean, I'm I'm going to tell people what the business model is, and and you know, and still and remind them of it. But I'm personally, I'm going to go more and more the, uh, in the direction of putting stuff behind a paywall, and if people want it, then they can support. And, and so it's it's a, it's a it's kind of it's a sort of Netflix. The ultimate version of it would be if it were Netflix. That would also let you get it for free if you really couldn't afford it, right? That, I mean, that, that, that's the, the guilt-free business model that I'm, I'm converging on now.
3: I like it. I like how you're thinking, and I like the ethics involved in it, and I think it's a great thing. And when you said it on your podcast, I was shocked, but it makes sense coming from you.
1: There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care.
2: Now let's look at this situation from both sides of the fence, and then you can decide where you stand on this topic. So the first, let's say, subtopic of this debate is the argument that access to information should be free. There are some people who believe that access to information is a basic human right. In today's digital age, access to information is largely mediated through the Internet and digital content. Therefore, making digital content freely available would ensure that everyone has equal access to knowledge and information. If citizens pay taxes to support a government which maintains a well-functioning society, then the government can and should be held responsible for providing a proper education so that its citizens can function well in society. Schools should be public and everyone should have the same opportunity to get the best possible education. This is what it means to live in a society that treats people fairly, because whoever has access to the best information also has an advantage over others in society, and therefore have a better chance of getting good jobs, making good money, and living an overall good life. Now the counter-argument to these claims is that information and entertainment are not the same thing. And even if they were the same thing, the government and content creators are not the same thing. Content consumers, or citizens, are not paying taxes to content creators, who are also citizens. And content platforms, which is basically the new government, do not pay all content creators equally. Once you do some research and understand how content monetization really works, you'll realize that most creators are paid absolutely nothing. Which means creators are providing unlimited education and entertainment to consumers, but receiving nothing in return. Content creators are not responsible for educating or entertaining society, especially not for free. So it's unreasonable to say that all digital content should be freely accessible because you can't expect someone to dedicate their time to a job without giving them some kind of financial incentive. We want free access to information because we know that the information will enable us to get what we want. Money, status, fame, whatever it is. But what about the person providing us with the information? How are they supposed to get what they want if they're giving us everything for free? Now, the second sub-debate in this this, uh, conversation, the second argument, I should say, is that many people can't afford to pay for digital content, right? It's simply too expensive. A lot of people don't make a lot of money, so, you know... Making digital content free would ensure that everyone has access to the content regardless of their financial situation. And even for people who can pay for digital content, it's not like we can maintain 10 or 12 or 15 different subscriptions just to support all of our top 10, 12, or 15 favorite creators and pay for Netflix and Spotify and YouTube Premium and Adobe Creative Cloud plus all of our actual living expenses like rent, food, and transportation. So the idea that we should pay for all of our digital content is unrealistic. Now, people who disagree with this idea might say, if the reason all content should be free is that most people cannot afford to pay for it, then we're basically saying that all entertainment should be freely accessible to those who cannot pay for it. Tickets to the World Cup free tickets to see the new Avengers movie free tickets to the bad bunny concert free. Oh, and the album he just spent the last year producing. (laughs) You can have that for free too. A nice meal at the fancy restaurant in your city. 100% free designer clothes and luxury watches free. This obviously isn't sustainable because if there were no financial incentive to host the world cup, or create the new Avengers movie, or produce an album, or go on tour, or open a restaurant and serve high-quality food, or create stylish clothing with the best materials, then nobody would do it. So it seems that people are arbitrarily deciding that this particular form of education and entertainment should be freely accessible. And that doesn't make sense. Now, the third argument or sub debate I don't know what the fuck to call them but you're following me I hope the third argument that people might make is that unlike physical goods digital content can be produced copied and shared with very little effort movies clothing concerts and albums are physical products that must be made by hand Now, anyone with a phone can make content and you can find this content all over the internet And this makes it difficult to enforce traditional models of ownership and payment for content because there's no reason to pay for something when you can easily access it for free. And so we have this impression that content creation, both educational and entertainment based, is not something to be taken seriously. It's not like a real job, right? They're not producing a real product. It's just videos they made on their computer or a podcast they recorded on their phones. It's not the same as a legit product that I pay money for. And the counter argument to this claim would be that the cost of creating digital content is not zero. While most digital content may be relatively easy to reproduce and distribute, it still requires resources to create. Someone has to pay for the time and effort that goes into creating digital content, as well as for the equipment and other resources that are needed. If all digital content were free, it's not clear who would be responsible for the costs of creating it. Free digital content may not be sustainable in the long term. If creators are not able to earn a living from their work, it's not clear how they would be able to continue creating new content over the long term. They may not feel motivated to put in the time and effort to create innovative, high-quality content. And this could lead to a decline in the quantity, quality, and diversity of digital content that's available. The same way we saw a decline in the quantity, quality, and diversity of Hollywood films, and for the same reason. All right, my friends, so those are three main debate topics, if you will, that you can discuss when you're considering the cost, price, and value of digital content, or really of anything, you know? But now I'd like to just share my personal thoughts and opinion with you. Personally, I struggle with the idea that digital content should be freely accessible to the world. It's not obvious to me that access to information should be free. It seems that people are confused about the difference between public education and private business. As law-abiding, tax-paying citizens of society, we expect the government to make different investments in our country's infrastructure in order to increase everyone's quality of life. And we expect one of those investments to be in public education. If we're required to work and the government can force us to pay taxes on our income, then we expect them to provide us with all the tools and information we need to get jobs, make money, and be successful in life. We expect equal opportunities for every citizen to succeed in life because if we're going to participate in this game, it must be a fair game. Everyone should have a fair chance of winning. However, I don't see how we can expect the same thing of independent content creators. We're not paying them anything. We have no right to expect them to work for free. A creator has to dedicate his or her time to each and every piece of content they produce. Creators invest countless hours into the preparation, production, and publishing of their content. For that reason, all of us can be educated and entertained by something on our phones every second of every single day. And in return, we give these people nothing but likes and comments. Needless to say, no one is paying their bills or buying their food with likes and fucking comments. Teachers and entrepreneurs spend decades Going through difficult experiences, learning from their mistakes, refining their skills. And then they spend weeks or even months or sometimes years distilling all of their wisdom into a book, a podcast, an online course, a video, whatever. Just so that we don't have to waste years of our lives trying to learn those same lessons. They're literally risking their time to make sure that we don't waste ours. We must not forget that time cannot be regained once it's lost. In my humble opinion, our lives would not be nearly as good as they are right now if we didn't have these individuals who are willing to produce digital content for all of us to consume, most of the time for fucking free. And we also must not forget the countless entrepreneurs, software developers, project managers, executives, designers, and scientists involved in the creation of these digital platforms that we use and enjoy daily, most of the time for fucking free. But let me be clear, I do not believe that content creators have the right to be paid for making content. And I do not think that content consumers have the right to access all content and information for free. I believe it's the creator's responsibility to give us a reason to support the content. And as consumers, it's our responsibility to support the content we want to continue consuming. This is how every other business in the world operates, by the way. By exchanging value. Both creators and consumers need to think much more deeply about the cost, price, and value of the seemingly infinite amount of information and entertainment we have at our fingertips right now. Now, the cost and price of something are pretty black and white, right? I produce it for this much, and I sell it for this much, and the difference between those two numbers is my profit. Value is something that's harder to determine because value is subjective, But I prefer to think about the value of something as the difference between the quality of your life with and without that particular thing. If you want to know the true value of all the free information, entertainment, or content we have access to today, see how long you can go without consuming a single piece of digital media.